The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Hello and welcome to the latest episode, latest live episode of Wrestling with Jonas, episode 322 and getting ever closer to our five-year, our milestone five-year anniversary celebrations. Today for a Monday evening, uh, I've got one of the most exciting young UK talents on the scene right now, uh, just returned from uh, three months training over in the States with Dr. Tom Pritchard. We're going to get into all of that. Uh, Jordan Sparks, Jordan, great to have you on the show. How are you doing? Well, John, thanks for having me. Um, how are you doing? Oh, awesome. Yes, uh, always love doing these live interviews, and we got so much to get into. Uh, we're really going to kind of touch on it and take a deep dive into your recent tour of Tennessee and training over there with uh, JPWA, Dr. Tom, and all that good stuff. Um, but uh, we are live, of course. So uh, for anybody watching at home, you want to get in touch with the show, you want to get in touch with Jordan Sparks, send in any questions you can do. As I always say, send them through to us using your chosen device. They'll ping through to us and we'll do our very best during the course of the next hour, hour and 15, hour and a half, however long we go to answer all of your questions live on Wrestling with Jordan. Before we take a deep dive and start asking questions to Jordan, just a quick reminder of some of my recent guests. And uh, hopefully it will entice you to uh, hit the like, hit the like button and the subscribe button to wherever you're watching us. Uh, but of course, Nathan Angel joined me a couple of months ago on Wrestling with Jonas, uh, an exceptionally talented uh, young star. I think he's what, 19 years old. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I'm sure he will make uh, uh, his name will certainly turn up in conversation during the course of this interview. Uh, Michael Oku joined me about a month ago on episode 315, uh, the current Rev Pro British Undisputed Heavy heavyweight champion and of course a couple of weeks ago I had Dave Sharp uh the former owner trainer promoter of 4FW and he'll be launching British Kingdom Professional Wrestling uh, in just over a week's time I think their debut show on the 7th of October and Dave came on to the podcast a couple of weeks ago to tell us all about that and uh, like I say they've got a handful of shows on sale already but check out that interview of course my most recent episode of the Legends Masterclass featuring Mel Sanders episode uh, six part one and episode six part two are out Please go and check that out. Previous guests have included Marty Jones, Adrian Street, Tony St. Clair, and so many more. And last week, my most recent live guest was Kamikaze. He's been training with uh, Joel Redman over at All Star Wrestling South, but traveling the UK, doing a bit of a, a mini UK tour of his own before he heads back to Canada next month. But today, it's all about this guy there. Look at that. Look at the look. Look at the physique. Um, the model professional wrestler. But uh, Jordan, you, you've just come back. Uh, literally days ago uh, from uh, three months over in Tennessee. And uh, you were training with these guys here, weren't you? The Jacobs Pritchard Wrestling Academy. Uh, you flew out there at the end of June and you came back just last week. But uh, how how are you kind of uh, adapting back to British life then, Jordan? Now that you're out there for three months, quite a long time, and now you're back on UK soil, it must seem uh, pretty strange. It's weird. It's weird. The um, well, just the jet lag in itself when you come back over it. It's a killer, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> awful. Just awful. Like uh, I slept for about twelve hours when I came back. 
But um, yeah, it's weird, you know, the five hour difference and that sort of stuff. But I don't know which way, you know, I don't know which way. I, I think I prefer, you know, the the US times compared to the UK times. I don't know why, it just feels different. It feels different being back over it. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, of course, we, we mentioned just briefly uh, JPWA training over there with Dr. Tom Pritchard. How did you first get the opportunity to go out there and to have this incredible opportunity, this kind of chance of a lifetime to train with world-renowned, one, one of the very best uh, trainers in the history of pro wrestling, let's be honest, train some of the biggest names in uh, in North American pro wrestling. How did that opportunity first arise to you? Well, it was just something that I would wanted to do for a while, ever since I started wrestling, like uh, I'd say about probably a year or so into training, I kind of thought to myself, um, America's like just such a great leap. And obviously because of the amount of wrestling that you watch when you're younger, all of it being WWE, you know, WCW, whatever you want to call it. Like mm. that's the sort of style of wrestling you at least want to try, you know, for three months or so. Like I love British wrestling. I've grown a little bit ever since I've been training more or less, but the actual American style is something that you'll always want to go out to try. So as soon as I found out, you know, how to apply, um, that I'm going to need to sort out my own flights, you know, that sort of stuff, the accommodation. I, I had to make sure that after that year of training that I wanted to make sure that I had everything that I needed to get over there for 12 weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to bring up a picture here. Uh, there's yourself. Ruby, Manitoba, uh, Farmstrong, of course, Toby St. John and uh, Echo. Um, but with Dr. Tom, the, the great man himself. Yeah, and uh, what, what was it about that style of, of, of trainer, that style of training school that really resonated with you in particular? You could have gone to any training school around the world or in the UK. We've got some of the very best trainers in the UK here alone. But what resonated with you in particular about JPWA. Can I just say, I'm looking at that picture there of me. I'm looking at me now, and God, the tan. The tan's <laughs> gone. It's only been what a week or so something back. And <laughs> yeah, that's what UK weather would do to you. Sorry about that. I got you back <laughs> it's terrible. But um, yeah, so uh, there was a lot of schools that I was looking into uh, when I was thinking of where to go to. And, you know, there were a couple like, one which was tense was like flatbacks, which is uh, like high breeze, short spheres. That was one that I was thinking of for a while. And then I don't know, it, it was just, again, I just grew more into the style of wrestling, like, um, you know, the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express. And that was a sort of style that obviously resonated with the JPWA because it's Dr. Tom Bridges, you know, he's a Dr. Dyer. Yeah. He's honestly, he's one of the best and it's a shame that you know i say it's a shame he had he had success but he's getting the recognition that he deserves now the trainer especially just because i don't know just just in three months i learned so much about everything in wrestling just from being on dr tom bridges yeah and, and full transparency uh i am old enough to remember him kind of wrestling uh back in the early 90s and uh, when he was first joined wwe as, as uh, wwf back in the days one half of the holly uh uh with, with uh, gigolo jimmy del rey uh i oh, can't remember what they were called now 
it was on the tip of my tongue, but uh, uh, fantastic taste. Body donors. That's what I thought you were going to say. Which oh, the like, body, oh, no. wow, the body donors. Yeah, that, that was something <laughs> different entirely, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I think even Dr. Tom would uh, regret that uh, that hairstyle for sure. Um, but uh, a big fan of his from, from the early 90s. And um, you, you obviously flew out there at the end of June. Uh, moved into your your accommodation. Quick picture there, um, but but how soon was it that you were kind of in the ring training? Uh, did you have any time to kind of relax, kind of scope out you, you, you kind of locality, or was it straight in the gym and straight in the ring? I mean, it wasn't straight in the gym for me. I uh, <laughs> I had a bad time with flying. I don't know what no it was, way. but um, while we were traveling, it was an issue with like I don't know that. The flights and everything like that, I was already feeling, you know, not too good, you know, uh, couldn't really sleep that well. But then on the drive there, we're like, oh, let's go and get some food. So we stopped some food and I just, I couldn't stomach anything. I don't know why. So I was like, oh, I'll just have water. I'm probably just dehydrated, you know, I'll, I'll sleep in the car. It's all good. We had to stop, I think, at least three or four times along the way. I couldn't stop just being sick on the side of the road. Thank God that, you know, you can blow on the side of the road because I was awful on the way there so i'm thankful that we did have a couple days just to rest up and get over the jet lag and you know um get ready for the sessions was the sickness from 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 the plane or from the driving i don't know because you know tobes he ate the same stuff that i did on the plane so it couldn't have been the food (laughs) i think it was i think it was just like extreme fatigue or something i I don't know why i mean I didn't. I haven't really flown that often, anyways. And even if it is, it's only short courses. So that's probably the longest time that I've flown somewhere. So you know, that that probably has something to do with it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The heavenly bodies. That's it. Doctor Tom and Gigolo Jimmy Delray. The heavenly bodies. Um, there we go. That that's that's live podcasting for you folks. Kind of you forget a fact straight away, but uh, genuinely one of my favourite teams. And. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your your schedule and your routine. So uh, when you did start training with Dr. Tom at uh, uh, JPWA, uh, what was your routine like? Really kind of uh, your sessions, like all day sessions. Tell us a little bit about those. So, I mean, like the breakdown of the day was usually just, you know, get up, breakfast, go to the gym, come back, eat lunch. And then usually we would have to start to think about making a move around like, four or five-ish, and then it was usually Monday to Friday, we'd have training, and it'd be six to ten, and then the Wednesday, that was actually just a, I think it was just a seven to, six to nine, I think, that was a promo day, essentially, so Wednesday was a promo day, and then all the other days was four hours of just, you know, in-ring cardio, uh, the basics top to bottom, building the foundation, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And with the, the drills and some of the, the sessions, anything kind of unique to yourself? And you've obviously trained with a lot of trainers in the UK. You've uh, done a lot of a lot of routines, a lot of cardio, a lot of um, uh, a lot of grind in, in your training sessions. But uh, did he get you doing anything that you maybe hadn't done before? I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything that we just hadn't done flat out. But in the order that he was doing them in, that's something that we just, you know, uh hadn't done i mean for example you got in the uk the rings you know um they've they've got ropes not cables that was a huge right you know so hitting those was way worse than hitting ropes like your back 
hurts a lot after him. A lot so, harder, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. There's not as much slack or not as much give on the cables. Um, we did just a lot of rope running, I'll be honest. That was the, you know, like I thought, you know, the in-ring cardio in the UK, that's like a big thing. It's a big deal with conditioning and intensity. But over there, it's just you got to be able to pace self and go at the same time. you got to be able to know and switch it on and off. And, uh, you know, there was a couple of drills which were dreaded, especially because you know that they're coming, but there's nothing you can do about it. There's like the 555, you called it, which is, so you start off with just setting them off. You sleep leap five times. You know, it's pretty bad. Got to do the same. Hit the ropes five times. Then you got up and over five times. The other person switches up and over five times. So by that point, you're already spent. And then you got to get into the, the pins, the roll-ups, making sure you can do the, you know, the all the fundamentals. But even by then, you do that, and then you've got to go around again. So you'd have to do it at least twice. So once with one person, once with the other person. It's it's a lot of condition, especially in I'm trying to think what sort of heat it was out there. It was it, it, it was 30 degrees Celsius at least in you're talking about the height of the summer over in uh, Tennessee, aren't you really? And that's yeah, at least 30 degrees. Least. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, were you guys the only international talent that were training with Dr. Tom at the time? So, no, there was. Uh, there was another person. He was a French guy called Andrew. He um, he came over and he had been training previously. I think other than that, I think it was just us. And then it was, there was a... Um, I believe there was a Puerto Rican as well, uh, but he had already been in Florida and he'd already been traveling by that point. So, yeah. And then other than that, it was a mixture of um, people from either around the area or just in America. I'm, I'm curious to know what's Dr. Tom like? I mean, firstly, what's he like as a coach? Um, is he, is he a bit of a, a drill sergeant or uh, what's his kind of style as a coach? I mean, he always says in the grand scheme of things, he's a pussycat. So he doesn't, right. you know, believe that he's, I didn't get the impression that he was too intimidating. I thought he was great. I thought he was hilarious. He likes jokes, but jokes aren't really my forte. I'll wait until uh, Ruby comes on. I, I know he's <laughs> coming up soon, so I'll, I'll leave that to her. But um, yeah, I, I think he's great. He's not so much of a drill sergeant. You know, he uh, he very much believes in being able to pace yourself. He, he, he believes in so making sure that you obviously put 100% in but knowing when to pace yourself and slow down just to make sure that, you know, you can find your, you can find your pace and find your bearings is the main yeah. thing. Yeah. And did you ever get much of a chance to uh, get to know the real Dr. Tom when the sessions have ended? Uh, did you all go out for a bite to eat or a drink or have a chance to kind of uh, talk outside of the, 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 the training academy? Um, did you get a chance to learn about the real, the real man behind uh, the character? I mean, I feel like a part of the 12 weeks of training is listening to Dr. Tom, listening mm. to what he's got to say. That's like just that knowledge that, you know, you can't you can't fabricate or make up. That's the sort of stuff which I was there for. So even if it was just like, let's say it's a training session of four hours yeah. and we've got to Friday and we're spent and we've done about two and a half hours of drills already and we're just talking on the outside about stuff that, you know, we'd like to know about or, you know, uh, at, at the time what he was looking for in a, you know, in a in a wrestler when he was, you know, the head trainer there at one time. You know, it's stuff like that, which you can't really put a price on 
because yeah. of how much he knows and the people he knows and what he's done. So you can't really, you know, not just listen to him for an hour. You, you, you're going to learn something every session. Yeah. Of that. Absolutely. And, and not only were you out there to sit under the learning tree of Dr. Tom at uh, JPWA, but to yourself and Toby, uh, Ruby and Echo, you were on a, a bit of a, a mini tour as well, weren't you? And you, you were performing uh, across Tennessee um, and, uh, and the, the wider area. Uh, so that 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 sounds pretty tough. Was that was that always the intention to kind of perform while you're out there as well as training? So the priority number one, in my opinion, was always to make sure that we just make as many training sessions as possible. Hit every single training session because that's what we're out there for. That's the priority. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost. But then the opportunity started to arise where we, you know, people were uh, taking notice. And they did want to start using us and we did start showing up to shows and obviously it was from there you make connections so on and so forth so we kind of just said okay well if we have to if there is ever a chance that we have to miss training it's going to be because of shows or it's going to be because of bookings so it was kind of like training was first but if there is shows then so be it you know we're we're going to look to make those connections because you never know we might want to come back out here again which we do yeah, it's all invaluable experience, isn't it? And of course, uh, your regular tag team partner with uh, Toby St. John, of course. There you are. That is an awesome photo, by the way. Really, really cool. Uh, and uh, and this one here, I think that's actually a picture of the two of you stateside. Um, and you did have your kind of uh, North American debut, didn't you? I think it was July the 23rd for a company called uh, SW, SSW. Um, and uh, that's pretty cool like so i don't think you you probably had in the back of your mind that you might perform and have matches while you're over in the states but uh, uh were there maybe uh some some butterflies or a little bit of anxiousness kind of an opportunity you, you having to go out there and prove yourself in front of a, a new market a, a new set of fans for a new promotion um how was that debut show on july the 23rd oh, i mean absolutely there were you know i always feel like if if you're not nervous in some respect then you're not really feeling it or it's, you know, or, or you're lying to yourself because you have to yeah. be nervous because, you know, it's, it's, it's a natural reaction for me. You know, I always feel nervous because I always feel like, you know, I always want to make sure I perform the best of my ability. That's always the number one thing I think of. And um, yeah, I mean, working for Southern States Wrestling, um, it was, you know, it's a big deal because it's a big, uh, like, stepping stone because you've come all the way out here again for training you know, and uh, to learn, but more importantly, Carl, look at that for a picture as well. I don't like that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you come all the way out here to learn and then you realize that you actually have a chance to make more of it. And, you, and, you know, the opportunities that we all go out here, you know, I, I can't thank all the companies enough, really. I didn't expect to get the amount of work that we did when we were over there. But the fact that we did, I just, it's incredible to me. I can't believe it. I'm just going to read out a bit of a list here of uh, certainly uh, within the first two or three, well, certainly the last first couple of months, my apologies uh, of you working out there, uh, Joe Kazana promotions. And I think Joe was also formerly a graduate of uh, JP, JPWA, uh, KFW and their game over show, uh, Innovate Wrestling. You had a big six man tag 
in uh, Coalfield, Tennessee for JCP again, Imperial Pro Wrestling. Um, just going to bring up some pictures here of uh, some of your time out there. And uh, there we go for JCP, Joe Casano Promotions. There you are with uh, Toby, the Blockbusters, and some uh, snapshots of your time out there. And uh, say some great halls, some great venues, uh, some wonderful I'm memories, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm like... <laughs> that, that is pretty <laughs> incredible. I mean, you're, you're a big dude, but that guy's got you right up there. Well, that's possibly Toby, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, Toby. Uh... yeah, yeah, I told you, I'm not going to be getting that high. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a good leap on him and uh, a few others here. What, what are some of your kind of memories of some of them first? That's probably your first four or five shows there. Um, some good memories? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just just that six man alone that you brought up you know that was probably the biggest crowd at that point that we had wrestled in front of i believe that was uh at coalfield so that was about 800 people and you know you, you don't really know what that number looks like until you're looking at it you know I, I had it envisioned in my head but then you go out there and it's you know i'm thinking oh wow okay like <laughs> you know that's now the nerves start setting in but just from that picture where i'm given the bad body drop i mean the the reaction that i got just based off of that just because they hate that's aj kazana they hate aj and you know um just the reaction of something something like that that you know in today's wrestling the sport you know it gets kind of taken for granted and you know the reaction i got for that, that alone was enough for me to say okay you know i love wrestling here i want to wrestle here more <laughs> yeah yeah, 100%. And uh, the next match I want to talk about is this one here. Uh, so the Blockbusters versus George C.W. Anderson. Uh, let's be honest, two legends of the North American scene. Uh, been around for, for decades. Um, and there you were. You had the opportunity to go up against these two legends, the Blockbusters versus George South and C.W. Anderson. Um, and, uh, yeah, I did say before we went live, we weren't going to bring up any embarrassing pictures. Yeah. Uh, but there is that one there, and I do apologise. <laughs> but uh, you, you spoke about the big crowds in that one um, at Coalfield, 800 people. <clears throat> uh, this might be about the same size, if not possibly bigger. But a hell of an occasion and getting the opportunity to wrestle two legit kind of legends of the North American team. Oh, just absolutely. I mean, you know, that's, we got told that's a thousand people. So that was obviously a huge, huge. <laughs> that's huge a big deal. That, you know, I'm probably going to get close to it for a long time. So, uh, I mean, me, myself, I personally, you know, I really think that match was just something special in that match. I mean, George South and C.W. Anderson, I mean, just, two bona fide legends and i remember toby's reaction when he told me because obviously you know we're living together at that point in, in the yeah. house um he comes in he's like yes you were and ask us and i'm like I, and he's like actually i'm not gonna bother telling you because i know it's gonna take too long to get there but it's george south and cw anderson and that's pretty <laughs> you know i mean a bit of profanity in there but he was like that's pretty insane and i was like that is insane i mean you know that's the sort of stuff which I was talking about where like, you know, the US and UK, like there's so many differences there that like, you know, they AML just seen us somewhere. I don't know from Watford or where they seen us, but they seen us and they decided to put us in there against people like George Salvin, C.W. Anderson. I mean, that's something that, you know, 
it might not mean anything to them. They might just think, ah, oh, you know, just, you know, get these two on. But it's something that will stick with me and Toby for the rest of our lives, especially with, you know, being able to meet with George South and see that afterwards. You know, it's something which I'll never forget. Yeah, and, and tell us a bit. I mean, like say you you were wrestling in front of some fairly large crowds, uh, eight hundred at uh, Coalfields, the the school there that you wrestled in, a thousands against George South and C W Anderson. Um, how, how did the fans kind of react to you guys? I'm guessing that you know you'd be brand new on their wrestling radar when you stepped through them curtains. Um, and uh, I'm guessing that the promoters are quite high on you and your opponents are quite interested in what you're all about. But how did the fans kind of react to the two of you when you came through the curtain? I mean, I'll be honest, I kind of thought that we weren't going to be uh, treated as well or, you know, the fans weren't going to like us because they know that we're not American. That's kind of my, the way that I've seen things, just, you know, I mean, you see, you see William Regal on like, you know, WWF or WWE mm. back in the day, sorry. And you know that he's getting booed. I mean, it's quite hard to, you know, cheer him or the crowd thinks it's hard to cheer him. So I was kind of expecting that sort of reaction. But I mean, honestly, me and Toby, I mean, I don't, you know, want to toot my own horn, but I feel like we couldn't get booed or like we anything we tried to do when we weren't, a big fan of the crowd it, it was hard there was you know there was stuff that we were trying to do to get them to us and they just weren't <laughs> they, they, they couldn't like it was one of those things where it felt weird you know like you do some of the stuff that we were doing in the us you do that in the uk they're gonna hate us but over there i don't know what it was they just they were fans of the blockbusters in some respects i don't know what it was but <laughs> they seemed to dig us so obviously you know two good looking boys coming through the curtain and uh you know you're very athletic uh for for, for your respective sizes so well, there's a lot to like there i'm sure uh, there's a lot to like but uh, i mean are, are they as loud as the uk fans i mean i've only really got experience of uk indie wrestling i have seen uh you know wwe over in the states and nxt over wrestlemania weekends but uh, uh what are the indie fans like are they can they get noisy obviously there's not the songs and the chance that you'd find uh, at a uk audience but um how vocal can they get i don't know what it is like i don't know if it's the the venues or the way that it's set up at the shows but like man there's some there's some really really loud crowds there like and this is in like we're, we're not i'm not talking about just silence, i'm talking about in like intimate settings too there's yeah. some crowds which just they do not start making noise you know it's just constant um Sorry, what, what you said about looks. I mean, Toby, this is something that I just want to bring up because this was something that I found weird when we went over there. We went over there and me and Toby, a lot of the times, people either thought that we were related or they thought that we looked too similar or like we looked similar. And right. I, I'm going to be honest, Toby's got better hair. You know, he's got he's got, he's got great hair. Yeah, he's got great hair. Very yeah, he's got great hair. He can't knock the hair on the guy, but... 25 pounds of muscle on me i mean dudes i mean two inches taller than me i mean you know when i'm in my boots i'm six foot so he's two inches taller than me you know so i just didn't really understand what it was like there was times when again when i hit the backdrop i remember i was backstage and they're like yeah when when toby hit that backdrop on aj and i was like 
I was like, that was me. And he's like, what was it? He's like, I can't really tell you guys wear the same gear. I'm like, yeah, do not look different. I don't I don't get that. So, you know, we when we're over there, we go by cousins. That's how we, you know, <laughs> that's, that's how we like to, you know, mess around. Brilliant. And I'm just going to bring up a couple of pictures again. And just the size of the crowd was, like I say, fantastic. Um, that was the one where there was 800. And uh, yeah. sorry, Toby, I'm showing that uh, choke slam again. How you got up that high, I will never know. Uh, but the, the next picture I'm going to bring up is, is kind of one that I'm sure that will kind of live with you forever and a really, really proud moment of your time over there. And that was your two or three days uh, supporting um, and uh, helping out at the NWA shows. Uh, and I think that you were present and, and witnessed and watched the 75th anniversary weekend and uh, the NWA power tapings that followed the day after. Um, when did you find out that you were going to be kind of at the pay-per-view, at the tapings, helping out? And if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you even worked a dark match. Yes, that that is correct, and it, crazy it kind of, opportunities. I, I I know, but believe me, I I couldn't believe it either. But it was something that it was like we decided, you know, all four of us that we got to while we're over here, we got to go to the NWA because that's something that is, you know, that's that's a big deal, and you know, we're in Tennessee, so that's kind of you know we're kind of near enough in you know the wheelhouse for NWA territory, and um, you know. Thankfully, because of you know how uh, how gracious Dr. Tom is, he he said, "Yeah, come along, help out." You know, uh, just we just had to make sure that we had to let them know that you know we're part of Dr. Tom's JBWA, so it's all good. But um, you know, we get there and my God, it's just like you look around the corner and there's there's someone you recognise. You know, <laughs> it's 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 surreal. You know, being there and helping out, uh, just, just helping out alone is is surreal just because you're you're, you're a part of something, you know, you're part of something that you know you're going to be see, seeing, uh, whether it's on YouTube with you yeah. know, tens of thousands of views and, um, you know, running to people backstage like, you know, uh, Tom Latimer and Chris Masters, you know, there's so many people there that you've either seen in the past and, you know, so on and so forth. But we didn't know that we were going to be helping out, uh, not helping out, sorry, we didn't know we were going to be in a dark match or anything like that until the second day of the tapings. That's when we found out. We had no idea. We helped out the first day. Um, I got the first day and we came uh, not appropriately dressed, as they like to say. You know, we came looking looking like we just walked off the beach, I suppose. You know, I had, I think I had this vest on, actually, this uh, Los Post del Mano's tee uh, vest on. I had the shorts, you know, I was looking comfy. Came out the next day dressed out in black, serious, you know, black shirt, black trousers. And then we just get told, you know, there that, you know, they'd like to, like to have us on a match. And it was something that, you know, again, I just, I got chills just, just thinking about it. It was one of the most nerve wracking experiences of my time because, you know, it might be a dark match, but at the same time, it's for a big company, you know, it's a big opportunity. It's something that, you know, isn't often replicated or isn't something that you can just, you know, get by just by just doing it you've got to be there in the right place at the right time in my opinion you know absolutely in front of uh, a lot of very experienced eyes 
um, some of the you know most well-renowned. Uh, I mean, Billy Corgan, like I say, uh, excellent promoter. NWA seventy-five years, one of the most celebrated wrestling promotions in the history of the sports. And uh, like I say, some of the the top names that would have been backstage or performing in front of the camera, and you got your opportunity to shine. So that's really really cool. A bit of a, a dream scenario. Would I be right in thinking that you are a bit of a NWA fan, or maybe a bit of an old school fan, and it kind of really resonated with you being there and being part of that experience again like the the old school style you know the 80s you know that's the sort of style which i wouldn't say i grew up on is something that i started to grow a love for as i mm. got more and more entrenched in wrestling and you know watching them just just the matches they had it was just you know there was I don't know, almost like a style of like authenticity to it that you just couldn't take away from or, or you couldn't find anywhere else, you know. And I mean, myself, I'm a big fan, but I know Toby especially was, you know, ecstatic, you know, over the moon, you know, that's a big dream of his. And, you know, the fact that I got to be a part of that and the fact that I got to be able to, you know, take, take my own boxes, take my own bucket list, you know, that's something that, Look at that. you know, can only happen in America. Three Absolutely. months in America, you know, that's the perfect time to go. There was no other time that we could have gone, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I might be skipping ahead a little bit here, but uh, the 16th of September, uh, there was a lot going on. Uh, and of course, you had a SPCW uh, and uh, their show, of course. And uh, you will have had this match here against the Heat Seekers. And uh, of course, it was graduation time as well uh, on the same show the same day. And uh, there you are, uh, that that particular class graduating with Dr. Tom. Uh, there, there's yourself there, uh, just kneeling down on the left-hand side of the picture. Um, but uh, what a fantastic day, another really memorable day. And like I say, capping it off with that graduation. And uh, you must be very proud to have said that you kind of, you, know, you went through the whole process and uh, yeah, like I say, graduated. Um, to tell us a bit about that day and that whole experience. I mean, you know, the whole day, I mean, it was a huge deal. You know, I kind of felt like there was no there was no show out there which wasn't a huge deal. Like, mm. and I think that for most, I, I say that for all shows, actually, there's no show which I don't take seriously. But it was, there was some shows like this one, especially like the, the graduation show. It's something that like, that was something that I truly made sure that I had to make sure that it was something special. You know, it, it was you know, someone that I had to make sure that I tie my shoes extra tight, you know, I made sure that the, you know, everything was in place. And um, I mean, wrestling, the Heat Seekers, they're a world-renowned team. I mean, yeah. they've been to Japan, they've, you know, been to NWA, they've been everywhere pretty much. So the fact that they thought that me and Toby on our, you know, graduation day was worthy of a match like that with the Heat Seekers, you know, I, Again, I'm forever grateful that they thought that that would be, you know, the perfect match because, in my opinion, it was a perfect match. You know, that, that was – I try hard to not rank my matches, but that match was one of my favourites. It was one of my favourites for uh, the whole time of being out there. But, unfortunately, no Glenn Jacobs. I understand that he wasn't out there. You, you did get a chance to meet uh, Mr. Jacobs during your time out there, but he, unfortunately, wasn't able to make your graduation. Yeah, you know, he's busy. Things I mean, happen. Yeah, yeah, he's busy. <laughs> he's you know. a busy man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's got a lot on his plate. So, 
I mean, just being able to meet him and just ask him a couple of questions, you know, anything that we had that was burning, you know, it, it, it was basically, he was there for like a good, you know, hour or two, just make sure he's answering any questions, you know, he, the main thing that I take away is obviously, I appreciate that he asked the questions, but he was tall, man, he was tall, he was a big, big dude, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> I mean, even, even now when you think that he's retired, he's still a huge, huge man, so you know, that was surreal to meet someone who, you know, I mean, during my time of watching, I was a big fan from like the 2003 time in uh, WWE up until, you know, maybe like 2007, 2008. That was like my perfect time of watching wrestling when I was younger. So just to be able to meet someone like that who's, who was prominent on, you know, the television at the time, you know, that was a big deal for me. Absolutely. And uh, I'm, I'm sure during your career, you've had a lot of kind of uh, light bulb moments where things just kind of clicked and made sense. Did, did you have any specific kind of, dare I say it, light bulb moments during your time with Dr. Tom that kind of uh, just something made sense that hadn't made sense for uh, however many years and things just clicked? Uh, any, any specific uh, learning moments or memories or light bulb moments that you can recall? Trying to think, not so much light bulb moments, but there's a lot of quotes from Dr. Tom yeah. that can be applied. You know, he says that he likes strawberries, but when he goes fishing, he puts worms on the hook because fish don't like strawberries; they like worms. You know, stuff like that. Where yeah. you know, it's it might not mean a lot to some people, but it means you know a lot to us because we can take that very literally and place that anywhere we want you know to make sense of it but it's stuff like that that you would say which would really resonate with us especially when you know he always likes to start off with it's just my opinion which usually means listen to what he's got to say in my opinion because you know his opinion you know it can be gospel you know especially with you know stuff that he's done so just, just stuff that he says like that and little tidbits that he tells us, you know, it's it's stuff that you can apply to, you know, situations in wrestling, which, you know, you go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And, and answer this as best you can, but um, uh, are, are we getting a, a kind of a, a different, uh, new and improved, souped up Jordan Sparks now that you're back over here on UK soil? You know, I'm not sure. You know, you, you, you're going to have to wait and see until we get to these shows, because, you know, before I went, I was kind of sowing the seeds, but, you know, the main thing about America is, is character building. And mm. that's 12 weeks of building, and building, and building, and building. So, I've made sure to come to any shows that you see me on, if you're interested in what it is I'm doing next, and what I could turn up as. That's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we have had a, a certain... Uh, Toby Johns, uh, he's watching this via, via YouTube. Now, he does bring up a question uh, about the blockbusters. We will bring that up in a short while because I do have a whole list of questions about the blockbusters. So, Toby, stay where you are, um, and uh, we'll get the answer very, very soon. Um, okay, we've got, we've got a question from uh, Megan Harlan, who is a ASW South trainee, and Megan has sent us a question. She's watching us live via YouTube. Uh, would you ever come and train at ASW South in the future? Now, you were there at their open 
Open Day, weren't you? Um, that uh, Joel Redman put together uh, back in, I think that was maybe April or May. Um, and I was there kind of filming the day. And that was a really, really fun Open Day. Um, any thoughts on possibly uh, going back to ASW South, having a training session or two there? Absolutely. Absolutely. I thought about it. It's something that, you know, with the times of the training and stuff like that and where we're based at the moment, that's obviously a big factor. But it's definitely somewhere that I've always considered looking into, especially when you see the boys that are coming out of there. You know, you've got Nathan Angel, Brandon Lee, mm. Scott Dryden, Dolly Blake. They've got a plethora of talent coming out of there. And they've got, they've, I've seen the shows on YouTube. I mean, like, you know, their shows are starting to pile up now and they're looking good. You know, the matches oh, yeah. I've seen. So, absolutely, All Star Salve is somewhere which, you know, I'd love to go in the future. I mean, who better to learn from the job? You know, one of the best in the country, by all means. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Megan, for reaching out. Keep sending your questions in. We've got plenty of time. Uh, Toby Johns, uh, whoever that is, keep sending your questions in as well. I will get to your first uh, question very, very soon. Um, but I think we we had a brief discussion before we went live, and I think you, you started your training as a pro wrestler about, was it 2020 or 2019? Um Going back to like your your wrestling fandom and how what inspired you to want to become a pro wrestler, take us all the way back now to kind of what kind of caught your attention as a fan and how that eventually led to you wanting to start training as a pro yourself. God, I mean, I don't know how old I was, but all I recall was uh, my brother was a big, he was a big fan. So I naturally gravitated towards that. Obviously, you had the game and stuff like that. You know, uh, SmackDown 2, that was a big one for me because, again, my brother was old school. And then I had these uh, two videos, and the two videos were Royal Rumble 2003 and No Way Out 2003. And those were my go-to. It would be uh, I go to first school, I get back from first school, and I play those two back-to-back. There'd be no... You know, other way, I might have got some DVDs along the way, like Royal Rumble 06, yeah, Fire Series, Elimination Chamber, but those were my go-to, and they still are my go-to pay-per-views now. So that was probably the start of my fandom. Um, there was a couple points which I'd say really tipped the scale. Uh, I seen NXT Live in Plymouth in 2016 on June 17th nice. on my birthday. That was a really big deal to me. Um, it was something I wasn't expecting, you know. I told my dad, get my get me some WWE tickets. He doesn't know the difference between them all, so I'm not expecting anything great. And uh, he, you know, we turn up and I'm going, oh, well, you know, we're in Plymouth, so I know that there's NXT around here, and that's like at the time, 2016, that was for my opinion, golden era of NXT. That was perfect. Agreed. I just heard that uh, Bobby Roode. I've been released from TNA. I was a huge Bobby Roode fan. I thought it would be crazy if he turned up, but he won't. They've only just announced it. He turns up, you know, I'm losing my mind. And, you know, that was just being sat in there and just feeling the crowd. I I hadn't really gone to live shows. I think that was my first ever live show. I didn't, I I just watched it from home. I didn't actually turn up to these shows. But seeing that, that was like a point where I was like, okay, you know, I'd I'd like to at least give this a go, you know. And then, not too long after that, I think I went to a strike show in Bournemouth uh, in Halo. And that was the first time that I'd ever seen Eddie Ryan, Nick Riley, 
and it was at the Great British Strike Off. That was what the uh, show was called. I was there to see one of my mates from Swanage. He was actually a wrestler, Stacey Chambers. But that's where I got my first taste of just, you know, uh, British independent wrestling. And since then, I think that's probably a point where I kind of look back on it and think, yeah, that was probably it. So go to uni, make sure there's a training school near the uni, and then there you go. That's the rest of history. Yeah, and, and uh, feel free to correct me um, on any of these questions, but I think you you made your pro wrestling debut after COVID, just as the doors were reopening, uh, about July 2021. Um, over the course of, say, the rest of 2021 into 2022, you're obviously finding your fee. Would you would you agree, um, you know, that it was quite a big learning curve for you and uh, that you weren't quite understanding the business, but you were kind of trying to make sense of it. You're working hard, but still a very big learning curve for you that first year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it takes a while to uh, have things click mm. for you to really understand things, not just like in the wrestling ring, but it's in general. So that is, you know kind of for a lot of it I feel like I've made like that time was a you know a maturity thing I feel like I had to mature first just in everything I mean you know outside of the ring uh with training you know uh, gym conditioning that sort of stuff as well as you know inside the ring I was just trying to find my feet you know and I mean you know realistically between then and now it's you know it's crazy to think in my opinion, how much of a difference it is, but yeah, it's it's something that it's hard to pinpoint when exactly it was that you find or start to gather pieces together for you to understand what's really going on. Yeah, but it was it, it, it took a while for me to really figure that out, in my opinion. Yeah, and um, through my research, I noticed that uh, you, you really started to work quite a few dates for LDN. Um, really getting the reps in with those. Um, and it also appears to be the, the place where you kind of started to work uh, with and uh, uh, mostly against a certain Toby Valentine or Toby St. John. Um, and your kind of career started to uh, intertwine with one another from then, really. But from like mid-2022 onwards, uh, you, you seem to be kind of off to the races, finding your feet a bit more, getting the reps under your belt and uh, starting to have some good matches as well. But I say Toby Valentine. I was like, "Who's that?" Toby Valentine. Yeah, that, that, that seen him for a while, have we? I think it could be Toby Saint John. You know, I don't really know, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that was you know, it was you know, me and Toby coming up at the same time. You know, it's like we were, it's like a a yin and a yang. You know, there's you know, there's no smoke about fire. You know, with me and Toby, it's you know, he's there, I'm there. Well, let's put them together in a match. So that was you know. I mean, it was just the better part of that year, as you say, finding my feet, which, you know, me and Toby started to really have a lot of matches. And, you know, I mean, just because of the amount of matches you have, you naturally just get to know each other in the ring so well, you yeah. know. Yeah, and that's where uh, your your friendship and your eventual partnership started to blossom. We will talk more about uh, Toby very soon. Um, but And I might be skipping ahead a little bit here, but I think it's near enough a year 
to the day, give or take. Uh, you had a match with a certain UK wrestling legend, Johnny Kidd. Uh, is that correct? Um, what was that like to step through the ropes with uh, Johnny Kidd, somebody that's uh, been a former guest on the show? I mean, it was great. I mean, you know, it's one of those, again, where obviously at this point, I'm just finding my feet. Uh, I, I'd probably go as far to say when I was, you know, during that period, I wasn't as, uh, not, not accepting, I wasn't appreciative of British style and world of sport and stuff like that as I once was. I obviously knew who Johnny Kidd was, and mm. uh, it was the actual, like, embedding it into my style and embedding it into how I wrestle. Uh, I, I just hadn't done that, you know. I was very linear in terms of you know uh what i'm doing with holds or anything like that i was more geared towards you know uh I, i'd probably say more geared towards the actual uh reactions of the crowd or something like that that's probably where i more uh you know found my hand in at the time right. but being in there with someone like johnny kid it's an experience which you can't really uh obviously again the pros of being in in the us to be in the UK, you know, you, you're not going to find many there in between the ropes than Johnny Kidd, and you know what a wealth of knowledge in another retrospect because, you know, that whole match, you know, that's a lot of technical wrestling, and you know, I was getting put in knots because, again, I'm very, I was very, you know, basic and bare bones, and at the time, I was still trying to find my feet. So that's something which I'll, I'll always cherish that moment because looking back at it, I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I'm glad that I had the chance to do so. Yeah. We've spoken a lot about yourself and uh, Toby St. John um, teaming together across the States. And like I say, 2023 has been a year where the two of you have teamed together pretty much on a, on a regular basis. It's nearly like a full-time tag team. But uh, I think you first teamed together maybe about November last year. Uh, now, let me just get my notes up here. I need to make sure that I, I quote this properly. Uh, the, the pretty sexy things, is that right? <laughs> The uh, playboys. Oh, pretty sexy playboys. My apologies. Um, and uh, but but then it's, it's probably not been since maybe March or April this year when you guys have been tagging more frequently. Uh, going to bring up some pictures here because I think New Wave certainly helped the two of you kind of uh, gel together as a team. Uh, the Blockbusters there versus the Iron Hearts. Uh, a couple of uh, pictures here. Uh, and uh, Josh Holly uh, going for a bit of a ride there, um, yeah, and that's a, that, that's an awesome kind yeah, of uh, sandwich there, you know. Absolutely, that. that's, that's a blockbuster and a half. That is from the blockbusters. Um, but uh, I mean, New Wave uh, were quite fundamental in getting the two of you kind of teaming together and getting that chemistry going and gelling as a unit, weren't they? Absolutely, and um, it's something that obviously. Me and Toby, because of the amount of times that we've wrestled, so we know each other that well, it was one yeah. of those things where it was always going to be natural that me and Toby could, you know, find our way in uh, tag team wrestling. So something like just as simple as, you know, me and Toby just, you know, being thrown together in tags, you know, or a couple of tag team matches before, you know, New England stuff like that. And naturally we thought, oh, you know, we start having fun with it and start having fun, especially as, you know, we like being booed. But, you know, I'll take being cheered. I'm one of those where I realise that I'm probably not going to get cheered. But if I am, it's usually because Toby's telling them to. You know, Toby's <laughs> trying to get them out behind me because, you know, again, you know, we always say that it's kind of like the Rockers. 
you know, there's always going to be an A. But in this situation, you know, I wouldn't put any of us in the same league as Sean. So I'm the leave Cassidy to the Janetti. That's the way I look at it, you know. So I would say, yeah, Nui was pretty fundamental in terms of us starting to tag. I mean, it was during that time where, you know, towards the end of the year, we decided that we should probably start training elsewhere because we had mostly just been trained, you know, or training with, say, Eddie Ryan. Mm. And it's always good to try... You know, it's always good to try different training schools. It's always good to have different experiences. You've got different coaches that have, um, you know, different point of views. And, I mean, what a great point of view from, you know, uh, Wild Boar to, you know, Brendan, yeah. Danny Jones, Nico, Danny Luna. I mean, how can you not come away with either learning something or adapting something to yourself personally from a session of theirs? Oh, 100%. And with uh, Brendan White and Danny Jones being tag team specialists, the, the, the greedy souls, of course, I'm sure that uh, they uh, not only enjoyed putting the two of you together and watching you work, but uh, I think you've actually worked the greedy souls before, haven't you? Is that right? Yes, I have with uh, Joey Seven. Right. Um, we, that was for CPW. That was, uh, yeah, CJS. So me and Joey Seven versus greedy souls. Yeah, and I want to talk to you about one of the, arguably one of the very best tag teams uh, in the UK, if not further afield, the Kings of the North. Um, I think you actually flew out to Ireland for that match. Um, there's yourself, and Toby. Thank you for correcting me, the pretty playboys, of course. Um, but that, tell us a bit about that match, because uh, those two, say Bonesaw and Corvin, arguably the best tag team in the UK. Uh, what they haven't done isn't worth mentioning. Uh, what was that like? I mean, yeah, just what, what a whirlwind. I mean, you know, the first time we go there to, you know, Hard Knocks, it's Kelly Argus Lynch. And, you know, that was great. I, I, I thought that match, you know, was good. I really enjoyed that match. We, me and Toby got the win. We go back the second time, and it's against Kings of the North. Like, that's such a huge step, especially since, I mean, me and Toby at that point, like, you know, the... The tag was very much in its infancy. You know, we, we hadn't quite, like, you know, we established the pretty Playboys characters, and, you know, we're, you know, flamboyant, over the top, you know, spray bottles, you know, rolling the footage, you know, stuff like that. Like, that stuff that we kind of had and we were starting to experiment with. And then to be put in there with, you know, big dogs, you know, like, you know, Corbin and Bonesaw. I mean, just, just madness, especially with how early we were into, you know, our run as a tag team. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to bring up one more picture, and only because it's a pretty cool picture. But there's uh, yourself and Toby, um, and uh, I, I can't remember the name of the wrestler underneath. Brady Phillips. Brady Phillips, of course. What an athlete. Of course. What an athlete. Well, absolutely. And uh, he's he's running for his life there, not wanting to get caught. Um, I'm sure when I interviewed Toby, he said that there were, was very nearly a nasty accident on that move. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but that, that's a, a pretty cool picture. <laughs> um, what is it about the Blockbusters, Toby St. John and Jordan Sparks, that, that the chemistry and obviously this relationship this chemistry is built between the two of you but what do you think makes the blockbusters kind of special and stand out it's a throwback you know it's a throwback we feel like uh tag team wrestling especially i mean when you got toby on your team tag team wrestling is so important and i, I feel like there's sometimes that tag team wrestling doesn't get appreciated the way that it should so 
to, you know, if he was one with, with Tony's very much like mind about tag team wrestling and how sometimes tag team wrestling can be better than just a singles match because you got all people in there, you know, and, you know, you don't know what can happen. That's what makes it so unpredictable. So to have Tony sort of, you know, his uh, 80s style, his, his vibe of, you know, NWA, you know, uh, world-class championship wrestling and that sort of stuff mixed in with, I guess, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm like, to new school, but like you know, I am more geared towards like maybe nineties and noughties, you know, style of tag team wrestling. You know, we kind of uh, we're very inspired by teams such as the Heavenly Bodies, uh, Rock and Roll, Midnight, you know, and I mean, even when we first started, we were kind of like, oh yeah, we'll just like we'll make sure that we kind of have a moniker for like you know the we got to have some sort of moniker. That fits. So we're trying to come up with different names, which isn't pretty sexy playboys, because that's something which is clearly very geared towards one side, you know. So the blockbusters, because you know why not? I mean, we could have been the spinebusters, but you know I haven't got that good of a spinebuster. I say my blockbusters better. So we went with the blockbusters. We roll the film. We're we're a throwback. We're nostalgic, and I feel like we do tag team wrestling, or we try and give. Tag team wrestling, the homage that it deserves is what I'd say about uh, the blockbusters. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I think tag team wrestling is the best gimmick match. Um, and when done properly, you know, you can tell so many great stories, so many fun stories, and uh, has the fans on the, the edge of their seats. But uh, certainly my best uh, type of wrestling for sure. And, and the blockbusters, definitely a, a throwback. And uh, I remember being a fan in the early 90s of the Hollywood Blondes, stunning Steve Austin, Brian Pillman. They would do that same same thing, and there's a bit of a kind of throwback to them as well, uh, in my opinion. But uh, just going to bring up this picture here. And, of course, while you're out in the States, uh, the two of you kind of hyped up the shows. You hyped up your forthcoming matches um, all across uh, Tennessee with some pretty awesome promos, some group promos, the two of you. Sometimes the, the scenery, the backdrop that you'd be doing it against would be uh, pretty breathtaking in itself. But uh, the two of you have developed this really good style of promo as a team together. Yeah, I mean, again, that's something that, I mean, 12 weeks, 12 weeks been getting told by Dr. Tom when something's good and when something's bad. I yeah. mean, you know, it's, it's natural that you're going to pick up some sort of, hopefully, People, you know, think that what we're doing is interesting. <laughs> so, I mean, if we, you know, but yeah, the, the the backdrop and the landscapes out there, you know, it's it's hard, it's hard to find filming a place in America, in my opinion, that doesn't look great or doesn't give off some sort of, you know, character or doesn't, you know, give something that's eye catching to the audience. So, obviously, that's great. That's always, you know, a plus when trying to grab the audience's attention but yeah I, I didn't expect the um the reaction i mean like you know the for example like the reel that we put up about uh you know graduations coming and stuff like that i mean you know it's again because it, of social media you're always looking at numbers you're always looking at how things perform and i've seen that reel and me and Ted, we were like oh 50 likes that's you know that's kind of what we were hoping for you know we got we got Two different audiences technically because we've we're collaborating on this stuff like yeah. that, and then we see that it's starting to get over a hundred. Now, now it's like, oh, okay, well, we're doing something right, or people care in some respect. So it's it's stuff like that that makes you think, like, oh, okay, so we're 
we're going in the right direction or what we're doing is right in some respect, you know. Well, absolutely. And even your your style of promo as a tag team is very kind of reminiscent to the sort of thing you'd see in the 80s and the 90s. Definitely a throwback, not just in terms of, you know, the look and the, the way you, you're inspired and uh, what you do in the ring. But your, your promos and your promo style as a team is definitely a throwback and something you're probably more akin to seeing maybe um, over in the US as opposed to the UK. Um, I'm going to bring up that question now from uh, from a certain Toby... Toby yep. Johns, is that his name? Um, no profile picture, um, but uh, um, who, who is the Janetti <laughs> of the Blockbuster? So, uh, yeah, I, I, I apologise for that. Never like to embarrass my guests, but... Um... <laughs> exactly what I was alluding to earlier, you know. I, I wouldn't say that it's a case of who's the Janetti, because in this case, none of us can match Shawn Michaels. So my Janetti and Leith Cassidy... And, you know, i got to add it to him, I'm the Leaf Cassidy. You know, there's, you know, more often than not, you'll find that Tobes is one who's coming in clearing house at the end, you know. So there's, first of all, normally I'd rather have my corner to, you know, really bring the fire and, you know, haul ass on some opponents. But I, I'll take the hit and I'll say I'm, I'm the Cassidy. I'm the Leaf Cassidy. He's the Maijanae. That's how I'm going to put it. You know, Good. he can take that however he wants, but that's the way <laughs> I like that. And then about um, Eddie Ryan, um, you saw him at uh, NXT UK when they had the Plymouth tapings, and uh, he's been a, an important kind of influential uh, person within your career, pretty much from day one, from one of you, from your early matches onwards, really, uh, both from the same neck of the woods. And of course, he's recently opened the the Lions Den uh, uh, Pro down in Plymouth, of course. Um, and I think he probably just opened just before you were heading over to the States. Um, but uh, I think, will that be your kind of new home going forward? I'd say so, yeah. It's, um, for example, I mean, again, I've been paying attention to Eddie's work since 2016 because of mm. the fact that I went to that strike show. He was there. That was the first time I technically met him. He wouldn't know. He wouldn't, you know. I wouldn't expect him to know, you know, I mean, however many years ago he, he meets a very small, scrawny, you know, student uh, student who's thinking about going to university and, you know, he, he wouldn't recognise me. But, um, yeah, I'd say that's probably where I'm going to be, you know, applying my trade for now, uh, especially for the near future, just because, I mean, the facilities they offer down there, you know, second to none. And you got, you got not only have you got Eddie Ryan there, but you've also got Country Big. Yeah. And, it's really is a shame that I feel like he is very underappreciated. He's not he's not often seen in on some of these cards. And I just feel like, especially if you're looking for someone who you know the crowd are gonna hate, and even if they don't know who he is, he'll make them hate him. You know, he he'll make them hate him. Because yeah. that's just what Josh is, he's a, he's a real gem, his country big, real gem. Yeah, saw him have uh, an incredible match against, uh, I think it was Axel Carter at the anniversary show for Southwest Wrestling early, earlier this year. Um, a phenomenal uh, wrestler. Um, he's got the full package as far as I'm concerned. Uh, let's just have a quick look at my notes here. Now, I, I've seen you perform and work at a couple of shows uh, this year, probably more than a couple of shows. But one that certainly jumps out was the, the Spinebuster tapings that happened in, uh, uh, in Nottingham in May. 
and uh, you were involved in it in a few matches. Uh, one match in particular kicked off the whole proceedings, kicked off the whole set of tapings against uh, KM Lane. Now, I had KM Lane on the show a few months back, and we, we spoke about this match. Um, and what a really, really hot start to those tapings. You kind of really set the pace. Uh, what, what do you remember about uh, wrestling KM Lane? Because I think that was probably your first time encounter. But you two just hit the ground running. I mean, first of all, when you arrive at a hot start, it was warm in that building. It oh, was yeah. hot in that building. <laughs> it was, you know, I was sweating. I was, I was sweating before <laughs> even going out there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Kane Lane, it, it, I, hadn't, I hadn't met him before. And it was one of those things where, I mean, just, I mean, just from the off, I mean, just from the in-ring chemistry, I can only see us having another one somewhere soon. Somewhere yeah. we ought to, you know, have another one, especially if it was in front of a crowd, you know, because those tables were great, you know, they, they gave me some opportunities that I didn't think that I could get unless it was just by chance. But man, I mean, it was that was one of those where I thought, well, first match on, we, I, I, again, it, there's expectation. I always feel like I always prefer to be first match on. That's mm. where the first match or third match just before the interval. Those are my yeah. like two spots which I feel like I can probably perform my best because first match you set the pace, you know, and third match, yeah. I mean, just for it was perfect. But yeah, me and Cam Lane, I mean, I feel like he has knowledge beyond his years. I thought he had been doing it for longer. He hadn't, which is pretty crazy to me. I can't remember what specifically he told me that he'd been doing it for, but I think he said like, just before COVID or like a year before COVID or something a, a like similar that. length of time to yourself, I would say. Similar length, yeah, similar length I, of time. I, I looked at him as someone who would probably be doing it for, in my opinion, like maybe, you know, five years, maybe, maybe six years, you know, but yeah. he, he told me they know. Great, great pro wrestler uh, and that was the first time encounter like i say you hit the ground running really hot start to the tapings um another match which i i believe is another first time encounter uh is yourself and toby the rockbusters went up against sunshine machine uh now uh let's say arguably one of if not the very best tag team um in the uk uh the longest ever progress World Tag Team Champions, uh, TK and Chuck. Um, I, I spoke to them after your match and they were very, very impressed by the Blockbusters. But uh, take us back to that day, take us back to that match and the Blockbusters versus Sunshine Machine. I mean, God, I mean, you know, KM Lane, Terry Abraham, if he's in the same day, you know, I mean, then it's gone to Sunshine Machine. It was, you know, a big, big opportunity so you know i mean so we naturally just did everything we could that was the main thing is just do everything that we can because especially with you know where me and toby have been to watch these guys i mean you know i've been to i think i've been to maybe a couple of progress shows just because of you know the the distance it takes to go there and stuff like that but yeah. you got them at chaos as well you know smoking aces you see the match they put on with you know Charlie and Nikki is incredible. Crazy yeah, good. Stuff that they can do. Yeah, crazy. I mean, I still, I'll do that, you know, the Kings Oak, I've seen them have matches with, between Smoking Aces and Sunshine Machine, which I think, like, I don't think I can see a match like that ever again. And they go out and they do another match, which you think exactly the same of. So mm -hmm. it was a really big, it was a really big deal to me and Toby to make sure that we don't leave anything 
don't leave no stone unturned. You know, we had to make sure yeah. that everything we did, we wanted to make sure that they know exactly who we are and why we're here. Oh, 100%, 100%. Um, but uh, it was a long, hot day um, in Nottingham that day. But, uh, yeah, so much fun, so much fun. And uh, I think that same month, uh, you had this match here um, at WrestleVersary 3 for Southwest Wrestling against Nathan Angel. Uh, now, I think for anybody watching that live, and certainly for myself and the talent that are watching it, I think we felt... Uh, in uh, the Exmouth Pavilion that we were kind of watching two stars for the future, two kind of uh, big stars on the UK wrestling scene for the future. Um, and you two went out there and put on a fantastic show. I think it was probably uh, match two or three on the card. Um, but so what are your rec recollections of uh, that match? And, and Nathan Angel in particular, like I say, the two of you in there, um, I, I felt that you really demonstrated what the future of British wrestling uh, is going to look like over the next five or ten years. I mean, Nate Angel, I mean, you can tell, you know, where he's been trained by Joel. He's just, you know, the athleticism is through the roof. And he's so he's he's so young and he's already done so much. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen the other day however many matches he's had. And, you know, it's something that I've never hit in a year. <laughs> Not yet, at least. He's racking him up. So, he is racking him yeah. up. Yeah, he is. And, you know, it, I mean, it shows. It shows the amount of matches he's had, it shows when he's in the ring, he's, you know, a true professional. And he's another one who I'd love to have another one with, you know, somewhere soon, just because, yeah. I mean, so much time has passed between then and now that, you know, who knows, hopefully we'd have an even better one if, you know, if, if you guys thought that it was great, uh, maybe we could have another one somewhere soon. And, you know, I like that because, you know, I feel like we meshed well that day. Yeah, absolutely. And like I say, it was it was evident just watching it that you're watching uh, two of the future stars of British wrestling for sure. Um, I'm going to bring up this picture here now. I think I got this from your Instagram. But uh, the reason why I'm bringing this up is obviously there's been a, a big kind of transformation in your physique. And uh, like I say, gone from 78 kilos to 98 kilos. So you're about 220 pounds, about 16 stone in the space of three years. Um, and a lot of hard work has gone into that um, and in, in a relatively short space of time and I think your physique that you have now definitely suits you definitely suits your style um, but tell us a bit about that journey so especially from you know when I was younger I always kind of gravitated more towards like uh, for example if we're using program low three as an example and no way out of three I mean I always I loved um, one of my favorite rivals of all time is Scott Steiner versus Triple H. I mm. think everything they did from the pose down to the push-up contest to the arm wrestling contest, you know, and that's that's really all old school stuff. That's like stuff that you could find in like the 80s, you know, that obviously Triple H took and he made it his own with Scott. But like, I don't know, like I always had a passion, obviously from like a young age for that sort of, bodybuilding yeah. stuff and it didn't show when I first you know started getting into wrestling because I mean I think 2019 was the first time I kind of started going to the gym on a regular basis so obviously it's going to take time for the muscle to mature and stuff like that so wrestling was kind of the uh it was something that kind of made that process you know uh something that was embedded in me I always had to go to the gym and at first, obviously, it was, it was real tough 
uh, in terms of gaining weight, uh, gaining good weight, especially. But eventually, you know, you start looking towards, you know, what I need to do to get there, you know, how many calories I need to eat, you know, and you've got, you know, such great people giving out fitness advice. I, I think my first plan was with, uh, I got from Yestin, Yestin Rees. So obviously I couldn't go wrong there. I'm just on a new plan now with uh, Dan, Dan Bryden. He's a professional wrestler. He's done uh, very well in his bodybuilding comps. So, uh, you know, I'm always, even now, where I am now, also I look back, if I ever feel like as if I'm lacking motivation or anything like that, but even now I always feel like I could always, you know, I always feel like I could look better. That's that's all all I feel, but like in a good way, you know, it's a good motivator. It's something that, you know, I don't, I don't hate myself or anything like that. It's just something which I've grown a passion for now, especially seeing the body guys in the business, you know, there's, there's always someone who's bigger and better than you. So it's always good to make sure that, you know, I'm keeping on my toes. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'm just going to bring up that picture one more time. And uh, but uh, a, a, an awesome physique, a fantastic transformation. Um, and I think that's the best version of Jordan Sparks we've ever seen. And speaking of the best version of, well. absolutely. A, a, a nice t- I mean, look at that. <laughs> look, at, look at that. Look at both of those. <laughs> For sure. But uh, like I say, speaking of you know the best version of Jordan Sparks we've ever seen, like I say, your promo skills have come on, your, your wrestling style, like I say, your tag team work with Toby. Um, what, tell us a little bit about the character of Jordan Sparks and certainly who we have in 2023, because I know that you, you've gone through a few different phases, a few different characters and personalities. Um, tell us a bit about kind of how that's evolved and who we have nowadays and uh, your, your journey as, as a kind of character or persona within wrestling so i'd say that obviously <clears throat> i look towards the technicians in uh, professional wrestling in 2003 you know you got your cut angles and stuff like that and i kind of realized that i will never be cut angle there's only one cut angle you know and you know i was a big fan of chris jericho but there's going to be one chris jericho and when i was over in america i kind of realized that you know, the style that I've always admired is a, you know, a real good, just bad guy, like uh, gorgeous Gino Hernandez. That's probably one of my go-tos, one of my favorites that I'll go back and watch and I'll watch his, his promos and I'll watch how much the crowd hate him. And it's stuff like that, which really makes me feel like that resonates with me. So that's why, obviously, I, I like to use, you know, the modified gorgeous Jordan Sparks. I like to come out with the hand mirror because I'd rather look at myself and look at the crowd. You know, I'd, I've started to develop a better physique compared to back then because that's, I'm self-obsessed. That's what I think about. I look in the mirror 100 times a day. You know, who doesn't? That's what I feel like. So that's sort of who I am. But then at the same time, I kind of mix that with a mesh of an appreciation for technical wrestling that I had when I used to watch back in 2003. And now when I've got an appreciation for, you know, world of sport now and, you know, that sort of mesh and that sort of hybrid style, I feel like that's something that is perhaps missing in professional wrestling because, you know, I can, I can be able to do technical wrestling, but I've got to talk them into the building first. Yeah. That's the way I see it. You, you, you got to draw them in first to, you know, make them see what they're missing. Absolutely. And 
let's talk talk a bit about the future now then uh, obviously you've you've come back from the states uh you've been say applying your craft now applying your trade for the last couple of years but i think certainly the last 12 months has been a really good breakout year for you 2023 has been fantastic for you so far um but where do you see your your future both individually as a, as a solo worker and alongside toby one half of the blockbusters um very very exciting future regardless whether it's solos or tag work um but where would you like to see the two of you or yourself individually within the next six to 12 months maybe god i mean i hope with three months that we spent in america hopefully there's enough buzz that people want to come see us so I hope that means that we're going to be all over the UK, you know, so that includes England, Wales, Scotland, mm. Ireland, you name it. We want to be everywhere. Obviously, if we could, you know, get some international bookings, we'd love, you know, we're not going to say no to a flight. You know, we're not going to say no to coming out and entertaining fans all over the world. For sure. It's, um, you know, it's something where six to 12 months, you know, a lot can happen. And I kind of feel like if there's in some way that, me and Toby can show that what we're doing, again, I'm a big believer in, you know, uh, setting goals and, you know, what we're doing works. I mean, tag titles, championships, anything just to show that what we're doing is heading the right direction. And what we're doing is what people want to see and what, you know, promotions want to have in their roster, that sort of stuff, I feel like. Yeah. Great answer. Great answer. And uh, final question goes to a viewer of ours watching us live via YouTube, uh, Rhiannon Brinson. Uh, hey, Rhi. And uh, top five people that you would like to wrestle and now that you're back in the UK. So a great question. Um, and like I say, I think that you're probably going to um, be on a lot more people's radars, a lot more promoters' radars. And I think a lot of uh, talent out there are going to want to work with you, uh, going to want to work with the Blockbusters. But uh, any any performers, any talent out there, top five that might be on your bucket list? God, I mean, there's so many. I mean, if I had to, again, this is just putting it off the top of my head. So, yeah. you know, I mean, Lee Hunter. That's probably one which I've been itching for for a while. I feel like Lee's, you know, one of the best in the country. Obviously, Joel, that would be oh, incredible. Yeah. You know, we got Joel, we got Niwa, you know, he, he's another one. Uh, we got Wild Boar. Wild Boar would be incredible. I mean, I, I can dream of having the intensity that he has, but that's always something that I've, you know, admired is the intensity, you know, that he has. And what I said, I said Lee, I said Wild Boar, Joel, Niwa, one more. Well, you, you've you mentioned the rematch uh, against Nathan Angel, which would be incredible considering how you've both kind of moved up, you know, <coughs> up the ladder, um, all yeah. this extra experience in the last uh, five or six months. Um, how about getting in there with Eddie uh, oh, again? Absolutely. I mean, Ed, that would be I'm, incredible. Yeah, we're talking about rematches then, you know, Eddie, uh, yeah. Charlie Rawlins. CJ Rollins, I'd love to wrestle with CJ again. Wow, yes, he's yeah. all over the place, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's everywhere, you know. Uh, obviously, yeah, Nathan, uh, KM Lane, you name it. I'll, you know, I'll take. It's an exciting I'll, future, isn't it? It's, it's a really exciting future. Yeah, you know, I'll take Absolutely. Mission, you know. 
Oh, that's really, really exciting. Thank you so much for your question, uh, Rhiannon. Uh, now, just a quick reminder of uh, this is the first interview of the month of October. We are in October, again, ever closer to five years of Wrestling with Jonas. And just a quick reminder of uh, the rest of my guests for um, October. Now, I'm going to get rid of the ticker just for the moment. Um, and of course, we've got uh, Jordan Sparks there, 2nd of October. Uh, my next interview, just next to Jordan, uh, we've got uh, Johnny Laquasto. Now, you may not, may not be familiar with the name, but you may be familiar with the voice. He was one of the commentators of WWE 205 Live back in the day. He's also a stand-up comedian, and uh, he's got uh, a show that's coming out soon. Uh, possibly Netflix, I could be mistaken, but Johnny's going to be coming onto the show next week to tell us all about that and to have a fond look back uh, with his career with uh, WWE and his wrestling fandom um, and his journey within professional wrestling. On the 11th of October, I've got Shah Samuels. Uh, you talk about fantastic careers, and Shah has done absolutely everything. Um, and then on the 17th of October, JJ Gale will be coming onto the show live into JJ Gale on the 17th of October, 8 p.m. live. You're not going to want to miss that one. The very next day, uh, we've got uh, Mila Smith will be coming onto the show the 18th of October, uh, one of the premier top tier female talents uh, in European wrestling right now. And on the 24th of October, I've got uh, Ivy who will be coming on to the show live. She doesn't do many interviews, uh, but we're going to be lucky to have Ivy on the show on the 24th of October. And to cap off the month of October, somebody that Jordan knows very well, Ruby Manitoba, uh, the all-star um, who uh, he was out there with alongside Echo and Toby. Ruby will be coming on to the show uh, the 27th of October. So a stellar lineup. A very, very exciting lineup, um, and uh, a few people that you're familiar with there. But uh, Shah Samuel, that could be a, another awesome match between yourself and Shah. And uh, have you ever crossed paths with uh, Shah Samuels before? No, we were meant to, um, yeah, like the four of us, we were meant to go up to a Shah Samuels seminar, but it was just, you know, I mean, it was more than what we wanted like we definitely wanted to go there it was yeah. just like, you know things didn't work out the way they did but you know i've you know i've seen his work obviously on nxt uk and yeah. you know elsewhere and it's that would be a great match i mean that i'd love to have it would be a great experience that i'd love Absolutely, for sure. Um, but I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed um, taking a deep dive into you and your career. This has been a, an absolutely fantastic interview, episode 322 of Wrestling with Jonas. But Jordan Sparks, if uh, any of my viewers or listeners out there want to get in touch, want to learn more about yourself, want to see some footage um, or just uh, read your posts or just reach out and say hi, where can they do so on your social media channels, my friend? And we do have all the addresses scrolling along the bottom if it helps, uh, but the floor Always yours. I was about to say you made it easy for me. You, you, made it <laughs> easy. you know, I mean, we've got my Instagram at Jordan Sparks PW, we've got X that's at Jordan DE Sparks, and Facebook is at Jordan Sparks PW, just the same as Instagram. Um, but thank you very much for having me on, Jonas. I really appreciate it. You are more than welcome. So uh, any any merch? I know that you do have a T-shirt up on your big cartel, but it seems to be a bit of an old design. Any, any uh, merch in the works, either for yourself or for the Blockbusters? So we've got some plans in the works for merchandise. Uh, those old shirts, the uh, pink and black New Age Narcissist tees that I have, they're actually going to go on sale. So if anyone's going to pick one up, nice. they're going to be £5, dropping down to 15 So 
you know, a good clear out post America. If anyone would like to you know, look into that, my big cartels linked on my Instagram. Absolutely. But uh, Jordan Sparks, it's been awesome speaking to you for the last uh, hour and 22 minutes. It's been a fantastic guest and uh, it's been wonderful talking to you about your uh, your trip over uh, to Tennessee and uh, JPWA and your wonderful journey on the UK scene so far. I wish you nothing but the best, both in your solo work and with the Blockbusters with Toby. Uh, but uh, thank you so much for being an awesome guest. Thank you very much, Jonas. You're welcome.